Hail and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Evident. I am Alyssa, and today I am joined by... Eliana. Kenna Rose. Jenna. And Bryn. And in this episode, we are going to review the past election that took place on November 8th and the results that came in from that. However, we need to recognize that we have the ultimate victory in Christ, and we have hope that Christ will make all things new. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 through 58 says, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Praise God. So Jenna and Kenna have general election results, and what do you guys see there? Generally, I feel like not much. So everybody was expecting a red wave, and that definitely didn't happen. There's not, I feel like there's not a ton that really changed. Right. So in the U.S. Senate, uh, the Democrats gained one seat. So for uh, the Senate, one party to have majority in the Senate, there needs to be 51 seats for them. Right now, we see a plurality with both uh, Republicans and Democrats. Now, we got to remember that since we're recording this on the Thursday after the election, when it when this po- podcast publishes, we may have different results with um, updates that have happened since Thursday. So according to uh, Google Updates, the Democrats have 46 seats in the U.S. Senate and the GOP has 48. That changes a little bit if you look at world magazine's election center it's wng.org where they say the democrats have 48 seats and the republicans have 49 there are still a couple of states that the winner is not determined determined yet and in georgia they're gonna have to have a runoff election according to google i'm not sure if you have this on world magazine uh but the u.s house results right now currently stand at um, 186 democrats and 209 republicans the good thing is the democrats actually did lose seven seats in the u.s house and we've gained six so one of those seats are still up for debate um and as for governor all, all across the nation um We have 22 Democratic governors now and 24 uh, Republicans. We lost two seats. um, The Republicans lost two seats. um, uh, And especially in Illinois, which is where we live, it stayed as solid of blue as one would expect. Although for Springfield, if you look at um, just which counties voted red versus blue, Springfield was red this year, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But we did not pick up anything. I th- we lost two seats in Northern Illinois uh, in the U.S. Uh, not the U.S. House, the uh, State House, I believe. We picked those back up though in Southern Illinois. So we still have the exact same ratio of Republicans to Democrats. Um, unfortunately, J.B. Pritzker is going to be governor for another four years. The one good thing that happened for Illinois politics is that. The Illinois House Republican leader, who he is, his name is Jim Durkin, and he has always displayed himself as a moderate Republican. He is representing 
the middle of Illinois. And praise God, he is not looking for re-election this time around, which is a good thing because the establishment Republican Party needs to be uprooted. And this is kind of step one for that. Exactly. We need to be strong as a whole and unified in what we believe. Yes. I have real quickly some, a couple reasons that my dad, who is the He's the executive director at IFI, so he watches these things closely. He wa- he gave a couple reasons as to why Republicans did not do as well as they expected. We did have a whole bunch of great candidates that were working this time around. Unfortunately, every single one of them lost. My dad suspects that the Workers' Rights Amendment, which um, gives power to the uh, state unions uh, more than any other state in the nation Uh, he believes that that got the democratic base out he believes that most suburban women reacted uh, to the demise of roe versus wade and went out to vote with that in mind and he also believes that the establishment republicans uh, the people that are of the old money and of the old order they fail to support darren bailey because he is of the grassroots movement so he thinks those three were key factors in us losing Illinois once again. Yes, and I think there's also something to be said for the um, tons, tons, tons of propaganda that was just spewed throughout our nation or our state uh, during this time. I mean, I could barely even go onto YouTube and watch a video without getting like three ads about not even about the good things that J.B. Pritzker says that he does, but in fact... Because he's done nothing. Well, exactly. And in fact, it's all been like attacking... Darren Bailey. How extreme he is for Illinois. Exactly. That really, really did play such a key role because I don't, I didn't really think Roe versus Wade would be such a reaction factor. I should, I I really should have thought of that more because my belief was we are slowly turning into a more pro-life nation because there's been so much groundwork. There's been so much that's been going on. Um, Lots of people's hearts have been changed. And I thought the overturning of Roe versus Wade was a reflection on our culture as a whole. But unfortunately, as Kenna has uh, discovered, there have been propositions this election that were not voted for. Yes. And really fast, I want to add to that. I was listening to Albert Moeller, I think, a little bit after the Dobbs decision. And he was saying this, and this might play into the results of this election, that with Roe v. Wade overturned, I think many pro-lifers are thinking, okay, we did it. And thus falling back. And right. Well, it turned the battle back to the 50 states instead of just to the federal government. Right. And so I think a lot of people were thinking like, oh, this isn't as big a deal for this election cycle anymore because we got Dobbs overturned or Roe overturned. (laughs) We got Roe overturned. Yeah, Yeah, not Dobbs. We like Dobbs. Um, But yeah, as Jenna said, there were five states that had votes on things relating to abortion. And unfortunately, the pro-lifers lost each one. California, Vermont, Michigan all had amendments to their constitution um, that would basically take away all restrictions on abortion. California up till till birth, correct? I believe so. California, California's Proposition 1 didn't, whether you voted for it or not, the end result wouldn't change a thing in the laws that already are set in that state just because California is already so pro-abortion they even they they discovered like right to privacy or something in the state constitution anyway which is how they I think managed to have such extreme abortion laws in the first place but California's proposition one went through it doesn't really 
do anything in terms of adding more abortion rights to the state or not because it was already so extreme in terms of their abortion laws. It, it pretty much just made a statement that California is as pro-choice as pro-choice can be. But that went through. Vermont and Michigan also passed amendments to their constitutions that are incredibly pro-choice. They take away pretty much all restrictions. Think like parental notification, all of that, just gone. Like I was listening to Albert Mueller's The Briefing, and I highly, highly recommend you listen to his um, the briefing election recap, which was his briefing episode today. You can find it on Albert. Let me see. It's we'll we'll link that too, so that you can just go and. Yeah. Click right to it. Albertmuller.com, the briefing, November 10th. And he actually described what those three proposals would do if you want a more in-depth analysis on the briefing November 3rd. Um, and then two states, Kentucky and Montana, had pro-life amendments up for vote. Kentucky's would have prevented a state court from suddenly discovering a right to abortion in their state constitution, kind of the way the Supreme Court did in Roe v. Wade. And Montana's law would have required that infants born alive after a botched abortion are considered legal citizens. So infants born alive would be considered legal citizens, whether it's after a botched abortion or just in general. Which is silly. We have to even try to claim that, you know. It would have required doctors to do their best to keep the infant alive. Neither of those amendments went through. It makes you just go, who would vote against keeping infants alive we're killing our future and it's in montana one of the reddest states in Mm -hmm. the nation um it makes you really wonder what's going on and a lot of i don't know where the funding came from but just a lot of money poured into those states with like scare tactic advertisements that would like essentially say if you vote for this sometime or if you vote for this bad things will happen to some people and just using hard cases as an example and but to quote Albert Mueller from November 3rd's briefing, those hard cases didn't go away because the amendment wasn't passed. But every single human life in the womb was made more vulnerable because that amendment wasn't passed, end quote. So that is sadly what happened with those five abortion related amendments. But on the bright side, there were some uh, good things that happened. For example, Ron DeSantis was reelected in yes, Florida, let's go. which is phenomenal. And the one thing that I found absolutely hilarious about his uh, crowd when he went to go make the victory speech was they weren't shouting and chanting four more years. They were all chanting two more years because oh, the 2024 presidential election is coming up. Aww, <sighs> that That would be awesome i feel like desantis would probably be a good president i think he would be a good president ben shapiro said like let's make america florida again (laughs) i I just like that i don't know if desantis is gonna do that i don't know if he's ready for that mantle i don't know we don't know because trump did say that he has a big announcement to make okay but here's something interesting something interesting is pretty much every candidate trump um nominated nominated or endorsed lost there were only like a couple candidates. Every single person that he came out to campaign for lost their battle. Except I think J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance that did was win the one for person. Ohio. Another interesting thing that happened this election is Pelosi lost her position as speaker. She either stepped down or she's no longer she's, speaker of the she's House. Not, she's not seeking re-election because they lost the majority in the House. So that that's a good thing. That's a huge win for that's us. A huge yeah. That is a huge yeah. praise. Huge, huge win. 
It's a huge win. But other than that, it's kind of depressing across the board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, One thing fascinating that I think, I know we mentioned this earlier, but Georgia election, which could very possibly decide the fate of the Senate, um, will end up in a runoff election because neither candidate got enough votes to... Declared victory. Be, How many votes did victory? You get? I think you have to have like a fifty percent, okay. fifty point wow. majority or something like that. Yeah, but they were not point fifty percent majority. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, and that won't be held until December sixth, correct? Yeah, that will not be held according to Albert Mueller until December sixth of this year. Okay. Another hilarious uh, race to mention was that our very dear Beto O'Rourke lost once again in his candidate for um governor of texas so did so stacy abrams and stacy abrams lost again but of course you know she is governor at in her heart and of that's course. all that matters that's her of course tr- that's her yes. truth yeah so eliana what's some encouragement that you can provide to people who didn't have such a happy win in the election cycle yeah so i just want to give a bit of encouragement to everyone really not only uh those who experienced more losses and everything. I just want to be able to give encouragement to the entire country as a whole, um, to everyone who might be discouraged. And so the truth is in this is that God is ultimately in control. And the result of the election never changes God's plan or his will. Because we know that God will win ultimately at the end. And we know that everything that happens on earth is a part of his plan. This didn't surprise him. It didn't catch him off guard. He is sovereign over all of this. And so like Jenna mentioned earlier, uh, the Roe v. Wade or Roe v. Wade was overturned and we are becoming more pro-life, which I see as an example that God really has not given up on us. And uh, yeah, so Bryn, I think you had some verses. Yeah, so I have, I have a few verses. So first, um, nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. And that's Psalms um, 102:15, and then for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and that one's colossians 1 16 exactly um, yeah. the, the world and america serves him ultimately no matter who's in control it is it's hard to trust him um it, it's i mean it's scary to see all this stuff and think of it actually one thing that my pastor said this sunday was all this stuff in the world is happening yes and it's it it can be scary but we need to think of the whole picture not just the short life that we have on earth we need to think of eternal life too and know that this world is not our home we there's there's more to life than just this life here and yes we'll fight for the things that are right but we also have to remember when we're scared and when we fear all this stuff this world is not our home Amen. Yes, that is so, so encouraging. And just to continue going with that, another thing, our pastor was talking about the death and resurrection of Christ going off of Isaiah 53. And he was talking about that when we believe in Christ, we are given eternal life through him. And one thing he said that was so encouraging, and I I don't think he did it on purpose because the election, the election was coming up. I don't think he did this on purpose, but he was talking about when the wicked seem to be in control just thinking about the fact that hey in 200 years they're not going to be here but guess who is it's that eternal perspective definitely definitely and to end with um or just one more verse before um we move on psalms 2 says why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain 
the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Lest us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. And then to go to verse 10, it says, Now therefore, O kings, be wise and be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. And that really highlights the power of our good and gracious God, doesn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So I do think, though, that there is something to be said, though, for the power of faith and the power of prayer in moving the hand of God. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be saying this in the most eloquent way, per se, but faith moves things. And I know that there's a very strong tendency to just ultimately expect a bad outcome. And I've heard people say, and I know m- me myself, I've I've thought like, well, it's just not going to happen. Like there are certain candidates that love the Lord and living in the state of Illinois, my mind just goes, well, he's never going to get elected. It's you so know? encouraging that he's challenging him, but there is no way the Goliath is going down. Exactly. And I think that part of it just shows our lack of faith really and i wonder what would it look like if we viewed elections without preconceived notions of failure and what if we decided to instead um expect an outcome that is that is bad what if we decided to pray and choose to believe in the god that can bind the hands of evil it says in isaiah 40:15 behold the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. We, the United States of America, to God, are literally a drop from a bucket, yet he still cares about us, and he still is working in our midst. But it also just shows his his vast power. Another verse that I really love, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Now, this isn't referring to the United States per se, but the principle remains the same. When we humble ourselves, the Lord will heal our land. And sometimes this is by who is in charge. Like Proverbs 29, 2 says, When the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. And this is true, but sometimes it's also through other means. But the truth is that... When we humble ourselves and we pray and when we seek his face and when we turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sin and ultimately heal our land. Absolutely. God loves and joys in forgiving and showing mercy to people who don't deserve it. And I think this also goes like for Christians should give us a little bit of, I don't know if motivation is the right word, but just desire to get out in culture and and affect culture with the truth of God's word in even more than before because I feel like oftentimes we think that affecting culture we we think that we don't really need to be affecting culture as much as we do if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and just maybe maybe this election can give us some desire to Get it there, <laughs> get out there, and speak the truth of God's word into every aspect of society, not just politics and not just church. 
Absolutely. Christians have a God-given duty to exercise obedience on behalf of every facet of our life. And I think that really includes elections and voting when we have the opportunity to change culture for the good of society and in a way that is in step with God's word. In closing, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And I would like to close with a popular hymn stanza called This Is My Father's World, which was written by Maltby D. Babcock in 1901. And I believe this is the third stanza that says, This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. Thank you for joining us. This is Self-Evident. This is